0: Hey folks, welcome to a We Call It Soccer Patreon exclusive. This is the Team by Team NWSL preview with Rachel Krieger. But before we get to that, I just want to thank all of our patrons for being patrons. And we really, really appreciate your support. All right, without further ado, here's the Team by Team preview that was cut from We Call It Soccer. Let's talk about Team by Team. Uh, And first of all, let's start with the defending champions. We've talked about the North Carolina Courage uh, and their record record over the past few years um i i feel like everything i read anytime someone talks about the cards it's like they're favorites but it's like they're trying to be like hey just wait a minute don't don't you know like don't count the season over yet but realistically speaking is is there any chance they don't end up in the finals
1: to me no 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 no. they're gonna be in the finals i think um (laughs) And the reason why to explain that, but um, it's because of Paul Riley and his constant, we're the underdog type of, of mojo. I, um, I, I made myself laugh with my own corny joke when the seeding happened and they were picked, I think, fifth. And I was like, oh, there's a underdog status for Paul Riley right there. Um, but I think, you know, we, we always talk about North Carolina and there's really no question marks for the team. This year, there's actually a question mark. Merritt Mathias is coming off that ACL injury. They don't know if she's going to play. Last year, all they did was slot Heather O'Reilly into that uh, left-right-back spot. And so this year, you don't have Heather O'Reilly. She's retired. And so I think you have a really good player out of TCU. I think this is going to be her third season. Ryan Williams, I think she's someone that can fit in that spot nicely and take care of business. But to me, North Carolina stacked. Crystal Don, Sam Muish, Jess McDonald, Dabinia, who was by far – um, no discredit to Sam Kerr at all because 18 goals is absolutely fantastic, but she, Dabinia was the best player in the NWSL last year. I think by miles and miles and miles, she is just a workhorse. They have, uh, two great goalkeepers. I think that Steph LeBay, she's the, um, number one undisputed goalkeeper. Actually, they really have three cause Sam Leshnak on the roster. She's also a good goalkeeper. But they also have a really, really reliable option with Caitlin Rowland, who has won titles with both the Western New York Flash and the North Carolina Courage. So they just have an overall stacked team. And, you know, taking the politics and, and her own statements out of it, Jalen Hinkle, who is now Jalen Daniels, is a fantastic defender, and she, you know, she doesn't get the credit for the th- because of the things that she has said. I can understand that, but she does deserve credit for what she does on the field because she is an excellent soccer player.
0: Hey, uh, this this might be something dumb. We don't need to discuss any detail, but there were some tweets going about, like I think it was a week or two ago. Uh, when June rolled around, that the Courage were the only team that hadn't put up a pride image on Twitter. Um, They have put one up now. Is that something that we need to discuss any detail or was it just one of those like social media things that sometimes happens?
1: I think it was a social media gaffe. And also, I think a lot of their staff is furloughed. So it might not have been something that was on their radar 100%. But, um, you know, they corrected the mistake. People are always going to find a way to complain about the North Carolina Courage, whether it's because they're good at recruiting, whether it's because they don't like Paul Riley saying that they're the underdog, whether they don't like comments from Jalen Hinkle from, what, almost four years ago. I mean, they're always going to find something uh, about the Courage to, to rag on. And it's because they're winners and they keep winning and they're just, they're good. And some people just don't like that.
0: Yeah, we see that in all sports, really. I No one likes the Andes, no one likes the Patriots, but they, in their time, they won and they kept on winning. And we're seeing that now in Germany with, with Bayern Munich. I have legitimate reasons for hating Atlanta United. I just want to inject that <laughs> yeah. for yeah. two totally no, seconds. No, no. Okay, <laughs> no, moving on, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Um, let's talk about uh, the Chicago Red Stars. We talked about Sam Kerr leaving and how uh, that's gonna be a big blow, I mean almost half the goals from last season I believe came from Sam kerr for the red stars and um are are they are they a question mark you think, or do you think that they're gonna go far in this tournament regardless of 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 that
1: I think that if there's more of a question mark for anything, I think it's gonna be about the defense I, there was a lot of moving parts this off season. Um, with a few trades but I think that if anything I'm confident in in Kelia Ohai for getting the job done I don't think she was in the right system down in Houston with James Clarkson to me and I think we might be jumping ahead of segment here for a minute but she's my player to watch for the whole tournament because she has something to prove you know mm. Shirley Cruz coming to O L Raid and Allie Riley coming down to Orlando Pride. It's great and it's exciting, but they really have nothing to prove. They're both captains of their respectful national teams. And I just you know, they're gonna be fun to watch, but Kelia O'Hiwat is somebody who was on the national team, kinda got shunned out for for poor performance and now she has a chance with a new team and a new environment to really do something special. And I think, like I said, Rory Dames is one of the best coaches, if not the best. And I think that pairing a striker like her that really needs a boost, I think pairing her with Rory Dames is going to be huge. I'm excited to see what he does with her. And then you have a mastermind in Yuki Nagasato in the midfield. So I'm excited to see what that connection is going to look like as well.
0: It's interesting, American Soccer Now, uh, or not, sorry, not American Soccer Now, AmericanSoccerAnalysis.com posted a retention um, graph or two on their website of of how many players have returned from each team. And this was before, I think this was back in like April, so it was before the the league was put on hold. So some of this has changed since then. But it's it's, one of the things that I've seen in in the four-year progression they display is that the, the variance of retention between the teams is very high. Uh, when you look at 2017, it goes from almost 100% to like 55 or so. And this year, uh, the top has come down, the bottom has gone up a little bit. So you've seen the, the teams kind of enter kind of a similar band of retention statistics. And Chicago sat right in the middle with 66.5%. One team that I think surprised me where they sat is... Sky Blues, who are at 79.1% of uh, of retention, particularly given where they were last year. Uh, given how much we focused on their new signings this year uh, around the draft time, what do we see from the Sky Blues happening?
1: I, th- I think that there were improvements last year. Um, there were draws and there were wins uh, compared to back in 2018, when there were all pretty much losses, um, hardly any draws and one win on the very last match of the season. So I think there was some improvements. They had a couple injuries this year too. Madison Tieran didn't play. Mandy Freeman didn't play. I think they were both ACL injuries, if I'm not mistaken, or one was an Achilles. But either way, those are two key pieces for the team that They're not household names, but they are definitely playmakers for Sky Blue FC. Sadly, Caprice Didasco just tore her ACL the other day, which is her third in her whole career, which is just absolutely devastating. And I I hope she's able to come back and and able to um, get healthy. But Sky Blue has a lot of really good talent. And you're right, Natch. We do talk about the new players that they have because... They got notable names. They got household names like McCall Zerboni, and they got Mitch Purse, and, um, and who am I missing? Mallory Pugh. <laughs> Out of all people to miss, Mallory Pugh. Um, so I think that it's, it's a team that's young, but it's a team that also is filling in some spots uh, for leadership, and I think that's one thing they needed on the field. And bringing someone like McCall Zerboni, who is so popular among the players in the NWSL, and bringing her into Sky Blue, I think that's really going to help the team
0: a few years ago we were talking about sky blues as being um infrastructurally lagging significantly behind the rest of the league uh with serious questions being asked about the amount of investment in player housing and many other areas um this year they're going to be playing at rba or <laughs> we're going to be my oh, bad yeah. <laughs> before before the pandemic made everything travel to utah um, that's been obviously something that they don't get to exercise but It seemed like that's a significant improvement in one of those areas. Are there improvements in other places that that have triggered some of these better players being content to go to Sky Blues?
1: I think um, fan engagement. Because um, it's very important to have a good relationship with your fans. And Elise LaHue, who is the uh, general manager of Sky Blue, she literally bought beer with her own money and put it outside of her her car and was just giving it to fans who were tailgating. Like, she is the queen of engagement, I think. She is someone who has come into Sky Blue with a vision and wants to make the club better on all fronts, not just on the field, which is great. And she she cares. I think... You know, when you have an owner who is uh, the governor of New Jersey, uh, he's got a lot on his plate, you know? And so to get somebody who is fully invested and who wants the club to succeed and has a legitimate planned out vision like Elise LeHue, I think, you know, she's one of the reasons why people come to that club. Her and her only is, is one of the reasons why people are turning their head to Sky Blue and saying she's making it an attractive place to play. She's making it. Uh, a wholesome um i guess community endeavor if you will i don't know what the right word for that is but she is making uh sky blue more interactive with everyone around her and long gone i think are the days of sky blue being the laughing stock at least off of the field i mean when equalizer published that story about you know them having to to shower on um in, like, a trailer or something, and there wasn't, like, a locker room, and and they had to play on these ratty fields. I mean, everyone was looking at them and saying, yikes, A Sam Kerr, I don't remember. I think she just joined the Red Stars, and she had come back to Sky Blue, was legitimately crying on a broadcast and saying that these girls deserve better. So I think that Elise coming in and just really changing things and making things much more better is really changing the whole landscape of sky blue
0: Uh, you mentioned equalizer real quick i want to give a shout to the uh previews that you all have done on your your website uh it's the it's look for an article called the lowdown and early analysis of the nwsl challenge cup if you want some more Uh, analysis some great interviews you've done recently as well uh, with a couple of players many other articles great website just want to make sure i give a shout out to to y'all right away but uh, let's talk about the rain um oh sorry the old rain (laughs) i'm not gonna resist Uh, y'all i I gotta call them the old rain the old rain of sea you know in some sort of mock southern accent i don't know i'm gonna fail at this stuff i'm from india come on i can't do a southern accent (laughs) worth the crap but what 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 are we thinking with Rain Sasha? Is your excitement this year more or less than it was last season? Uh, I'm I'm kind of trepidatious with this with this year. I'm kind of looking to see their first game against Sky Blue, because it'll be this litmus test for both of them, at least in my opinion. Because I don't really know the strength of Sky Blue are, but I have this feeling that they're going to be the dark horse. And then I'm like I'm very hopeful but still wary for Rain. So I don't know. One one of the the um, storylines about the rain was the, the the coaching change. Of course, Latko moving up and uh, Farid benstiti Am I pronouncing that right, Rachel?
1: You know it better than me. Me and okay. pronunciations don't go well together.
0: Hey, you're welcome <laughs> on this podcast anytime. Those are the magic words. um We have legendarily <laughs> bad troubles with with pronunciation. Anyway, Farid benstiti French coach coming in. Um, is, is that a change that uh, you, you think portents well for them or is that going to be something that's going to be a, a transition that takes a little while as the new system is put in place?
1: I think losing Vlaco and just the excitement that was Vlaco and just the utter genius that was him, I think that's going to be really tough. I mean, I don't think any other coach, maybe Rory Dames could take a team as injured as the rain were last year and get them into the playoffs. Even I don't care if it was by the skin of their teeth. They still got into the playoffs. So I think losing him is definitely going to hurt. I think that people need to give... Uh, the new reign coach a a chance everybody already had their preconceived notion of him due to um some stories that were coming out about his relationship with Lindsay Horan and how he evident- allegedly told her that she needed to lose weight and and that he was harassing her and whatnot but I think that I think that people need to give him a chance to at least show what he can do on a coaching front. He denied that he said any of those things you know it's it's a tale of he said she said so innocent until proven guilty i guess but um i think he deserves a chance i think there's a lot of moving pieces that have happened really um the guiding force for rain has been bill predmore the ceo and he has been really the one kind of making all these moves getting the the rain into uh, a good position with rosters like i said they're getting a ton of players back from injuries, Michelle Bedos, Jasmine Spencer are two big names that come to mind. Jasmine Spencer, she's not a starter, but she has been somebody who has consistently come off of the bench and has done good things. I think getting somebody like Sofia Huerta is going to be huge. She's another player I'm excited to watch and has something to prove. Um, getting Amber Brooks definitely helps the defense. I think, you know, she was in uh, in Houston for her whole career and she had a great career down in Houston. towards the end she was kind of faltering she was picking up more red and yellow cards so maybe a change of scenery will help her but I think cautiously optimistic is what I'm going to say about the rain um they have a really 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 good looking team on paper but so does the Orlando Pride um so I guess it's just what can this coach do are the players going to receive it well um and what's I think the midfield is definitely going to be interesting too because now you're getting Shirley Cruz and you're bringing her in there, and she has a wealth of experience internationally and at the club level, so excited to see what uh rain does, but cautiously optimistic
0: let's uh let's talk about a team that did some moves that uh it, it I'm trying to find the right word because I think, you know, when the Thorns announced some of those pre-draft moves, it was kind of seen as, uh, uh, <laughs> is, is there a good word you guys can think of? I I feel like mind-blowing is a little too much, but, like, it was, it was intense, um, to see Emily Sonnet, uh, heading away, and, um, they, is there a rebuilding project going on over there, basically, because they, ha- they've held on to a few of their other pieces, so it doesn't seem like a complete turnover, um,
1: um, I don't know if rebuilding's the right word. I think they're just trying to catch up to the courage. Honestly, um, Emily Sonnet, she gets a lot of hype for her popularity, but she did not have a good year last year with the uh, with the Portland Thorns. So I think her going to Orlando, getting a change of scenery, I think that'll be a good thing for her. Um, she's going to be a youngster on that defense, and we'll get to that later. Um, but the Portland Thorns, um, I think that adding Becky Sauerbrunn, it doesn't matter how old she is. She's going to bring a veteran leadership that is just absolutely second to none, and she's still at the top of her game. Emily Menges, she is a great, young, up and coming center back. So seeing those two together is a lot of fun. Um, An actual, a pretty good friend of mine, Angela Salem, coming back off of an ACL injury, she's going to be there full time. She was balancing the last couple of seasons kind of uh, just playing really in the summer because of uh, grad school and her um, coaching job at the school she was attending, so... Excited to see if she comes back and see what type of minutes she gets. But the player I was most excited about, Raquel Rodriguez, because she is just a firecracker in the NWSL. I don't think she was used properly last year with um, Sky Blue FC. I think that she was on the bench some games, and Carly Lloyd was on the field when it should have been the other way around. So... I think that bringing Raquel Rodriguez to the thorns where Mark Parsons can just really let her rip is going to be exciting. She's going to probably take the place of Ellie Carpenter. I'm excited to see what she does and, you know, to, you know, to kind of, um, I guess, forecast the NWSL Challenge Cup. This is going to be the first time ever that you have two Costa Ricans playing against each other. And, you know, when we talk about CONCACAF, it's the United States and it's um, Canada, That's it. With the men's national teams, it's a lot different. But with the women's national team, you don't see Costa Ricans and people from Trinidad and Jamaica in the uh, in the NWSL. So having another Costa Rican in the league and kind of getting that history is going to be really exciting. So Raquel Rodriguez in a Portland Thorns jersey is something I am really looking forward to.
0: And I believe you've written an article about the Costa Ricans in the NWSL specifically. So listeners, go check that out on the Equalizer. Uh, Let's talk about the Pride. We've talked a little bit about them in the format and and how they're coming up against some opponents that are going to give them a rocky road. You talked about specifically the aging defense. Uh, When we talk about a congested schedule, that's got to be a concern.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, they have an aging goalkeeper too. Ashlyn Harris is an... um, as young as she used to be, I know they got um, rid of Haley Kottmeyer, her backup, this off season. So intriguing to see what they're going to do and, and who they're going to put in her place. But um, I think that, you know, the biggest question mark for me, listen, we know what Marta can do. We know that she is an amazing player and, and she's got the talent to match anyone in the league getting tony presley back she of course um battled breast cancer last year and had to cut some of her season short i think she returned for the last two matches you're getting um a full sydney larue this season so i'm not too nervous about the attack i'm not nervous at all about alex morgan not being there we kind of expected that but that defense is just where i'm like a little bit shaky on because you've got Allie Krieger and Allie Riley who are going to play in that left and right back spot respectively so that means you're putting Emily Sonnet back into a center back position that's a position she's played a handful of times Alana Kennedy we don't know if she's coming back yet so there is a lot of questions on that Portland defense
0: we're now getting, I think, to the point where we've referenced some of the teams that are to come while talking about other teams and and some of the moves that have happened. So for the Dash, you know, we've talked a little bit about Kilio what leaving, um, Amber Brooks, Sofia Hurta. Uh, what are we thinking with the Dash in this tournament uh, with, the, with, with, with how they're going to do?
1: I think that... If there's any defender, if I'm making my own NWSL team from scratch, the first defender I'm picking up is Megan Oyster. And one of the top five attackers I'm getting is Shea Groom. So I think getting those two pieces from the reign is going to be huge for them. James Clarkson, he's in his second year. Rachel Daly is obviously the heart and soul of that Dash team. She is the England international who can just really do it all. Christy Mewis is fantastic. Getting Veronica Latsko back from an ACL injury – Um, absolutely amazing. She sadly missed out on a sophomore season when she had a fantastic rookie season. So it'll be exciting to see all of those pieces kind of mesh together and, and really produce something good. I hope that Jane Campbell has a really good season in net because, to me, she's one of my favorites in the U.S. national team goalkeeper poll. Many times have I said on the record that she deserved a call up much more than Ashlyn Harris did, and I still stand by those words. Um, so I'm really hoping she has a good tournament, and I'm excited to see what she does with the new defense in front of her. But adding somebody like Megan Oyster, who is young, she doesn't have all the experience in the world. I think she was drafted— in 2015 or 16 but she is a couple years in the league now she's a really good all-around defensive player and now she's kind of got some veteran experience to give to those younger players so I think Houston is getting better and better but it's more slowly than surely and I think that they have a somewhat favorable schedule I think they're kind of like in the middle of the pack there but um Houston does kind of worry me as a team that maybe couldn't make that number, uh, maybe sit in that number nine spot that doesn't make it. But um, not too sure about that. I wouldn't put that down as my final prediction. But um, still, Houston, I think it's going to be interesting to see them open up their matches and, and James Clarkson in his second year and see how he does with the team. And they're getting Nichelle Prince back, too, from an ACL injury. I forgot to mention that.
0: One of the things that you just referenced that that made me think of a question is Rachel Daly, England international, is still playing in the U.S. She's, I believe, one of the only uh, English players who's on an NWSL team that that, um, basically the one, the only ones who's in the U.S. that's on an NWSL team at the moment. Is there pressure for her to go to the WSL? Um, Do you think we see her continue to remain in America or, you know, I guess covid kind of has messed up our predictions, but if we were in a world without COVID, for instance.
1: Yeah, sure. Um The other player that um, not many people know about is Jody Taylor from the Rain, and I think that there would be more pressure for Rachel Daly than there would be for Jody Taylor because Jody's a little bit older and Rachel's a lot younger. Mm -hmm. So I think that I don't know if there's quite that pressure because while England is catching up in terms of its quality and they want to say that they're the best league, I don't think that they are yet. I think that the best league in the world goes to the NWSL just because of the quality, the players that they've got, and the um. And the, I don't know if homegrown is the right word because like technically homegrown means something different in MLS, but, um, I think just the, uh, homegrown and the college talent here in the United States is, is pretty much second to none. That's why we have a draft. So I'm excited. And to be honest, that draft is taken a lot more serious than the MLS super draft. So I think that, um, (laughs) (laughs) the USL super draft, I meant to say, um, but Uh, I think that Rachel Daly I don't know if the pressure is there quite yet Uh, I don't think it's an issue like how when Jill Ellis was national team head coach in uh, in the United States it was pretty much like unless you're established with this national team you better be with the NWSL or you're not getting called up so I think that there's not too much pressure I think that there would be more pressure if the dash weren't really doing anything
0: I think two things spring to mind immediately. First of all, let's not let MLS take over the definition of words, please. <laughs> like, I, I, I they, 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 their relationship with language is one of my pet peeves. But anyway, second thing that pops into my head is, um, you know, you're talking about which is the best league in the world. I think the best league is in the world is in, is the one that gets to resume, that has enough support to come back to play, and not the one that gets canceled despite having multi-billionaire support. Um, with some of their parent clubs and and a, and a and a football association that has enough resources to to do whatever they want if they wanted to if there was enough desire to do it but um sorry that that just bugged me with, and with, said
1: that their players just pretty much didn't want to play
0: <laughs> you're right exactly like that that doesn't sound like professionals to me but anyway. Uh, that's a whole nother segment. Uh, l- l- let's let's talk about. We got two teams to go. Let's talk about the line that is not embarrassing on its logo, the Utah Royals. Uh, hold on, <laughs> the
1: line that doesn't know good taste, right? <laughs> the line that can't depends be. What, it depends what uh, flavor of potato chip we're talking about here.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean it that's already very has. Detail. That logo already has a crown, so it was crowned the best line. So I mean, it's already done, right? So anyway, do you think we're gonna see the Royals crowned at home? Does home field advantage play in for them? You think? You're shaking your head.
1: <laughs> no, um, no, and I think a big reason is that Christian Press said she's not playing, and she's I, you know, my friend at Equalizer Soccer, Dan, um, just said the other day on the Equalizer podcast, there's not many players who can really turn a game, um, in a total 180 aside from Kirsten Press. So I think that losing her, I, losing her in comparison to Megan Rapino and her not playing, losing her is, is far up the scale much more than losing Megan Rapino. But, I mean, it's time for the rookie to shine. I'm so excited to see Ziera King in a Utah's Royals professional uniform. I had the pleasure of getting to see her play live here in Pittsburgh when she was with NC State. Um, She is an amazing, amazing player, such a good, raw talent. And to see her go to Utah and and to hopefully just light up the league is going to be something I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Utah had a couple of moves also this season. Uh, Becca Morose, Mandy Landish, they all left. Um, I know Morose is coaching with um, Sky Blue FC now, and uh, Erica Timrak also retired. So there's a couple of question marks there. Um, so interesting to see how they're going to fill those spots. Kelly O'Hara has been training with the team, so it's kind of presumed that she's going to play. And I think with losing Sauerbrunn, as much as you want O'Hara to be kind of that winger, I think you need to put her in that right back spot because you're going to need a veteran on that defense. As, as much of a veteran as Nicole Barnhart is in goal, there's still a goalkeeper competition between her and Abby, Abby White. So I, or Abby Smith, I'm sorry. Um, So I'm intrigued to see what happens there on defense without Becky Sarban. That's a huge, huge loss. And Elizabeth ball, she's a great player. She's a young player with a lot of potential, but she doesn't make up for that loss. So, interesting to see what they do. They have kind of an aging team, so don't know if they're going to be the ones crowned. I think they'll go to the knockout round, but I don't think they're going to do uh I don't think they're going to do a trip to the final.
0: I'm just hoping we see a few Royals fans who rent uh construction equipment to like you know, raise themselves in a little box above the stadium so they can watch live. <laughs> uh, Or I don't think there's a forest like there was in Germany so fans could, like, go into the forest and... Have you have you all heard this story, by the way? I forget which team it is, but there's a stadium. I think it was Union Berlin that there's <laughs> a forest. Some... No, it was a... I, th- I think it was Union. Oh. But anyway, we could... It doesn't matter. The, these fans yeah, who assembled in was a forest couldn't see the pitch. They were just singing to their players. Uh, so this is this is soccer culture in empty stadiums. It's fun. Uh, Washington Spirit. I wanna I wanna talk about for one second. They used to have a complicated relationship with things like pride. Am I remembering that correctly? Yes.
1: Uh, owner and- Steve Baldwin was kind of iffy on that. He um, also was not thrilled about Rapino kneeling for the national anthem. So he would play the anthem while the teams were in the locker room.
0: So they've now. For, I think for the past couple of years, have had pride-related activities. Um, has that kind of changed with them, or is it still kind of something that's talked about? Because this is, at the moment, uh, another great article on um, Equalizer that I will point to about uh, black players and their experiences within the NWSL and, and how they, they they feel about their identity. Um with the spirit in particular, is that do you think that's going to be a conversation topic at all, or is that kind of over at this point?
1: Um, I think Baldwin has pretty much stayed quiet um, in regard to his own personal views, and, and knowing that he does reflect reflect the club as the owner, um, so I think in regard to that, I don't think there will be too much. I think no matter what conversations are going to be happening, whether it's about pride, the anthem, Black Lives Matter, it's it's going to happen. And I know the uh, I know the NWSL Players Association is planning in case those do happen, and in planning to protect the players, whatever the league says. So I don't know if that'll be too much of a of a conversation. They do have a rookie in Kaya McCullough. She was a fourth round draft pick for them this year she has knelt since her sophomore year at ucla and she said if she's there she is kneeling for the anthem um and there are plans to play the anthem before every match so she said she is going to be taking a knee
0: okay um th- you know you, you referenced a young player just now Your the preview on equalizer mentioned that the spirit in general are kind of a young team yes uh, uh do do we think that they're going to go far in this tournament
1: um I think if anything is going to get the spirit um a title in any sort of way shape or form it, it's not Rose Lavelle. She is going to be a huge part, but it's Aubrey Bledsoe and I think that she is just so underrated. The fact that she doesn't have a national team call up is to me a travesty worse than a, a Greek tragedy. And I think that, you know, she is the Greek best. tragedies
0: are pretty bad.
1: They are they are terrible and Shakespearean tragedies um thank you finally
0: (laughs) i studied theater to get someone to agree with me that shakespeare's crap is so hard oh i hate it thank you
1: i had to read it in college and i hated it so you have a total ally in me and side note if i ever have to read the lady of Shalott again i might jump off a bridge um (laughs) don't know if you ever read that but i read it six times in college so (laughs) but um not referencing terrible literature and plays. Um, the uh, the Washington Spirit, they have the best goalkeeper in the league by far. She's better than Alyssa Nair, way better than Ashlyn Harris, better than Jane Campbell, although it hurts my dash heart to say that. Um, but she's the best goalkeeper in the league without a doubt. And those young players that they have, Sam Staub was incredible last year, Jordan DiBiase, and they just... And listen, if you get a healthy Rose Lavelle, that Washington Spirit could do so many good things, but she consistently cannot keep uh, a healthy season. I really hope that changes. That I would never wish that type of luck on anyone. So, um really hoping that changes. They have a couple good signings from this off-season, so but for the most part they kept their team intact and I think that that might be helpful for the spirit because you know we were talking the other day, just a group of us uh, from Equalizer and said, these teams that haven't changed too much might be the ones that go into this tournament with kind of um, an, an advantage of sorts because you're not having to meet new players and adapt to their changes and, and their ideas. You have your team together that you brought from last year with a couple new pieces sprinkled in here and there. And you just build on what you did last year. And Washington almost made the playoffs. So I think they're a good team. They're managed well. And you get a healthy Rose Lavelle. And and that could just do absolute wonders in uh, in the NWSL Challenge Cup.
0: Thanks for joining us for a We Call It Soccer Patreon exclusive. Thanks again for being a patron. We'll see you next week.